0: Come on, everybody! Can we give God the glory this morning? Are you excited about Serve Day? Let's go! Woo! I'm fired up. I'm pumped up, and I just want to look into the camera here and welcome our live stream. Come on, church! Can we get it up for everybody that's watching online? Don't worry, we got Serve projects for you too. Okay, but uh, my name's Mikey, and uh, I've got a message for you today titled "For My City." And it's all about this idea of serving, about being a beacon in your community. So about a month ago, I was walking through Costco, the Blessed Store, praise God. Love that place. You walk in for one thing and you walk out spending $500. It it is a blessed place. I was walking through Costco and there was this guy and and he kind of was like looking at me funny. And you know, like the first impression I had was like, what's up? What are we going to do? But then I remembered I was a pastor. And so, you know, I just kind of walked away. And, uh, and I turn around, and this guy's following me. And so I kind of like quicken my pace a little bit. And I'm dodging and weaving all the people in Costco, the traffic in there. And finally, I hear this man shout at me, hey. I'm like, oh, God, don't be talking to me, please. I turn around. I'm like, me? Are you talking to me? you talking to me? No, I didn't say that like that. Are you talking to me? Like, w- w- what can I help you? He's like, yeah, you. Are you Mikey? Oh, Lord. <laughs> A million thoughts raced through my head in that moment. Do I lie to him? <laughs> do I, like, what, what does he need from me? Like, where do I know this man from? How many of y'all know? It is the worst feeling in the world when someone knows you by name, but you feel like you've never seen them in your life. You know what I mean? And that, that was what was going through my mind. Like, like, did this man know me from, from high school? Did he know me from college? Did he know me from church? Did he know me, like, he went through my garbage and got my address and know that I shop at Costco? I don't know. I don't know, I, I, I was freaking out. So I just looked at him and I was like, yeah, <clears throat> I'm Mikey. And he goes, Pastor Mikey? And I go, oh, thank God. <laughs> And I said, yeah, man, how are you doing? It's so good to, good to talk to you. And, and from now, in my mind, my synapses are firing, right? Because I've gone from, okay, thank God he doesn't want to murder me and my family, to now, I still don't know who this man is. And I, I like taking pride in the fact that I feel like I know most of the people in our church, and, and so I felt kind of bad that I didn't know who this was. And so he starts talking to me, he's like, man, I go to your church. And I'm like, that's awesome wow. So we just started chatting. We got to talk in and I said, man, how's your life? And he said, honestly, bro, I, it's not real good. My marriage is on the rocks. I hate my job. Every day seems like a carbon copy of the day before. And I just don't know how to get out of this funk that I'm in. And so I, I just want to minister to that man in that Costco that day. So I said, "Bro, I want to help you. How can I help you? Who, who's your Connect Group leader? Have you been talking to them about any of this?" And he said, "Well, you know, I, I don't, I don't really have a Connect Group. That's okay. That's fine. What about your Dream Team coach? Have you talked to your coach about what's going on in your life?" Well, I, I don't really serve. Okay. Well, man, I, I don't feel like I've seen you around HC recently. When was the last time that you joined us? Well, you know, I go to your church, but. I think the last time I was there was Easter Sunday. Ah, okay. Well, now I feel like I have a game plan, how I can minister to this man and his family, how I can be praying for him. And the same advice that I gave to that man standing next to the sample lady handing out samples of cauliflower pizza, which, what kind of devil introduced that? I don't know. Why would you take a great thing like pizza and introduce cauliflower to it? It makes no sense to me. But on that day, I said to him what I think I might say to some of you today who feel like you're in a funk. I told him, stop going to church. Now, if I was braver, I would have titled my message today, stop going to church. But I feel like Pastor Dusty would call me into his office on Monday morning and wanna have a word with me. But it's stop going to church. What what do I mean by that? You see, everybody, God's highest calling for you in your life was never to simply go to church. It wasn't to go to a building. The highest calling is not to go to a destination like you would a concert or a football game or a movie theater, no, no, no. The highest calling on of our lives is to be transformed into the image of Christ. Not to go to church, but to be planted in a church, amen? That's our highest calling, to be the church, to be a light shining on a hill as a beacon of hope for the rest of the world to see. Maybe instead of going to church, it's time for some of us to be planted in the house of God. Where does this imagery come from, this idea of being planted? Well, look at Psalm 92, 12 through 13. It says, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish. In the courts of our God. Now, if we're being honest together today, this word flourishing is not really a word we use in our everyday language, right? Like if you came up to me on a Sunday morning, you're like, hey, Mikey, how's it going, man? I wouldn't look at you and go, ha, I'm flourishing. <laughs> it's a great day. I'm flourishing, everybody. I just wouldn't do that. Maybe, maybe you've got a gym buddy that you like to go to the gym with and, and they're experiencing some gains in their life and, and they're, they're really getting healthy and stronger and it's working for them. You wouldn't walk up to them and go, bro, I see it. Bro, you're flourishing right now, man. You're flourishing right now. Like if you did that, you might not have a workout partner at the end of the day, okay? Flourishing is not a word that we typically use, but it's great imagery for what happens when we're planted. So what does this mean? It means thriving. It means growing. It means prospering. It means being a blessing to the people around you. It means spiritual growth. Bro, how are you doing, man? I'm flourishing. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm flourishing. Now, unfortunately, some of you just lied to your neighbor. (laughs) Because if we were using that same imagery, that same language, you wouldn't say that I'm flourishing. Instead of saying I'm flourishing, you might say, honestly, I'm, I'm spiritually dry. Instead of saying I'm thriving emotionally, you would say that I'm emotionally withering. Instead of saying that, that you're connected relationally, you would say that I am relationally barren. Instead of saying that you are all in, plugged into the house of God, making a difference in the kingdom of God, you would say, no, I'm just looking for that next thing, that next hit, that next buzz, that next relationship that will finally fill that void inside of me. I'm still looking. Whatever it is that I don't have, I'm still looking. I go to church, but (laughs) I'm not flourishing. I'm not flourishing. Now, if that sounds like you today, I promise you that there is hope. Everybody say there's hope. Let's look at Proverbs eleven twenty-five. 25. It says, whoever brings blessing will be enriched and one who waters will himself be watered. You see, church, I, I so strongly believe that when we serve the Lord, when we serve his church, when we serve his kingdom, he fills you up like nothing on this planet can. Let's look at a few other verses that talk about this. Luke 6, 38. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, it will be poured into your lap. For with the measure that you use, it will be measured to you. Isaiah 58, 10. Feed the hungry and help those in trouble. Then your light will shine out from the darkness and the darkness around you will be bright as noon. We see this over and over and over again in scripture. We see it in the parable of the talents in Matthew 25, an illustration about purpose and meaning and using your gifts in the kingdom of God. The the jersey that we wear as believers doesn't have your name on the back of it. You know what name it does have on it? Let's look at Matthew to find out. His master replied, well done, good and faithful, what? Huh. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. Isn't it funny how Matthew correlates a life of joy and happiness with a life of servanthood? It's incredible. See, the name that we will be recognized by, the greeting we will receive when we get to those pearly gates in heaven and we meet Jesus face to face is, well done, my good and faithful servant a servant. I'm not going to get to heaven and and Jesus say, Mikey, well done, good and faithful preacher. Well done, good and faithful leader. I want to be those things. You're not going to get to the pearly gates and Jesus say, hey, well done, good and faithful parent. Well done, good and faithful spouse. Those things are so important. But can I tell you today, church, that I believe that if you are a good and faithful servant, you're going to be pretty good in the spouse department. If you are a good and faithful servant, you're going to be an all right parent. If you're a good and faithful servant, you're going to do well in business. You're going to do well in your relationships because, come on, the greatest thing that we could do with our lives is to serve. It's the greatest calling on our life. This Saturday, I'm so pumped, y'all. I'm so excited. This Saturday is our annual serve day. And Pastor Becky is leading this incredible charge along with a, a great team here at HC. And, you know, we see story after story about life change that happens when people serve. We see stories like Brock. What an incredible story that is. See, Brock, some of y'all may not know this, Brock is actually a team leader now in our Heartland Kids ministry. Isn't that awesome? He serves every month, multiple times, reaching kids for Jesus. But you know what, that wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for one of you going to the laundromat that day, putting quarters in his machine and asking him about his life. What those people did that day at the laundromat was an eternity shifting moment, not just for Brock and his family, but for every family that walks through this church that Brock ministers to. And now we have serve day this Saturday and guess what Brock's doing on serve day? He's going to the laundromat, everybody. It's awesome. So for the rest of our time here together this morning, I wanna tell you what happens when we serve. These are things that happen to us, to other people, through us, that take place in our community. And you know, I thank God for a serve day, but I think the real goal is to live a life of servanthood. And so I wanna tell you about five quick things that happens when we serve. Number one is that God will give you a supernatural boldness when you serve. Now, trust me, I, I understand that it can be awkward to serve people for Jesus. It can be awkward to invite people to your church. It's always like, man, what do you want from me? You know, Brock said it in his story. They were just a little friendly, you know? <laughs> they, they always feel like that you want something from them. And, and I would say, no, no, we don't want anything from you. We want something for you. And so we, we, we always have this struggle of inviting people to church, but I believe that when you're doing the will of God, He gives you a supernatural boldness to do that thing. So when it comes to boldness, I was doing some research this week, and there's this story way back in the day about a preacher, a pastor named Peter Cartwright. He was this old Methodist pastor who was known for having like a, a loose tongue, a quick tongue. He didn't care about what you, what, who was in his congregation, he didn't care about what he said, if it hurt your feelings, it didn't matter to him. Like, he was well known for that. Well, one day, President Andrew Jackson graced his church. And the elders of the church looked at him and they said, ah, you know, maybe we should just be a little careful with what we say today, Pastor. Maybe we shouldn't be so quick-tongued. Maybe we should just kind of play it by ear a little bit. The pastor said, all right. He got up on the platform that morning morning, and he said, well, I hear that we've got President Andrew Jackson with us today and my elders have told me to watch what I say and be very careful. And so I just have one thing to say to everybody. If Andrew Jackson does not repent of his sins, he is going to hell. The story continues and it says that after service was over, Peter Cartwright was meeting all of his parishioners at the door and Andrew Jackson walks up to him, looks him in the eye and says, sir, if I had a regiment of men and my army with your boldness, we would have conquered the world. Come on guys, it's boldness. It's a supernatural boldness. It takes boldness to reach your community for Jesus. It takes boldness to invite people to your church. But come on, it is eternity shifting My question to you, if you're wondering about this idea of boldness, if you're freaked out about this idea of serving, can I just ask you one question? What's the alternative? What's the alternative? As Bible-believing Christians, we realize that there are two places that we can spend eternity. That we actually believe there is a heaven, and we actually believe that there is a hell. And if that's the case, how could we not invite our friend to church? How could we not serve our community? How could we not tell people all about the incredible things that God has done in our own life? How could we not get them into this house? And it's not like we're asking you to invite them to something that's terrible. I mean, my goodness, we have an incredible worship team. We like to have fun in church. Last month, we had men's night we brought a golf simulator into the church. We had a pastor date. We had Pastor Dave smoke 4 tons of brisket. It was incredible. Next month we've got Renew Women's Conference. I'm excited about that. It's going to be great. We have so many fun activities planned for Renew Women's Conference. It's going to make your head spin. In November We've got our annual At The Movies series coming up. We we love At The Movies. We, we, We tie biblical truths into the blockbuster films of our day. Modern day parables. We bring popcorn and soda and dress people up as Star Wars characters. We like to have fun at Heartland Church. Amen? But let's get more people here. Let's serve our community. Let's introduce them to Jesus. And can I just tell you that when you... Act on behalf of the Lord. He gives you a supernatural boldness. It says in Romans 8.31, if God is for us, who can be against us? Amen. So give us a boldness. Number two is that hearts are touched quicker when we serve. Some people just have hard hearts towards God. It's something in their past maybe or, or a tragedy in their life, past church hurt, whatever it is. But, but when we serve people, it often softens their heart towards the gospel. I remember I was a senior in high school and there was this kid that was a junior in, uh, in high school with me. And like once a week, this kid would stand up on his cafeteria table and just like Peter Cartwright did a few moments ago, he would literally start shouting at kids, turn or burn! You're gonna go to hell if you don't experience the Lord in your life! I don't know, he probably didn't sound like that, but. Making a point here. But, I I mean, he would get in trouble all the time for doing this. And and finally, I got so fed up with it because that's not the way, that's not the right way to introduce people to the Lord. I got so fed up with it. I walked up to him one day and I said, bro, what are you doing? This isn't the right way. There's a better way to introduce people to Jesus Christ. And and he looked at me and he's like, grumble, 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 I don't care. (laughs) And I was like, okay, how about this? How many people have you got to come to church with you because you've asked them and told them and talked to them about God this way? I don't need to say anything to you. Grumble, grumble. I said, no, tell me. How many people have come to church with you because you're talking to them this way? Guess how many? Zero. Zero. We can't play head games with people. We we, we don't want to start arguments or fights with people, like it's not about debates. It's not about one-upping. Like someone comes up to you and they're like, you know, I just, I just don't know if I believe the Bible, and I, I don't know if I really believe in God, and and you look at them and you're like, oh, well, you are the devil. Go check that out. Look that up. The devil, so you are. You serve the devil. But you, you want to come to church with me on Sunday? <laughs> you kidding me? Of course they don't want to come to church with you on Sunday. Come on, man. But you know what? It's amazing how hearts melt towards the gospel when it's not coming from someone shouting at them, but someone who's holding a broom helping them clean their house. When it's not so- coming from someone who's just red in the face, screaming about Jesus to them, but it's coming from someone who's, who's helping you mow your yard. When it's coming from someone handing you a bottle of water on a hot day. I'm telling you, I'm trying to tell you, we got to reach the heart, everybody. Have to reach the heart. Number three is that people's perception of church changes when we serve. This is such a big one. When we care for people the way that Jesus would care for people, eyes are opened, ears are opened, hearts are softened. There's this guy in our church. His name is Mitch Holland. I love this guy. And uh, you probably know who he is if you serve on the Dream Team because he was up here at the Dream Team party with those really short shorts on for the 80s theme. You know, whatever. You know, we'll, we'll pray for him in that aspect. But anyway. Uh, so Mitch, man, I love this guy's heart. I love his heart. He has such a heart for reaching people that no one else is reaching. He, he started his own ministry, Bibles and Blankets for prayer. He literally is reaching the homeless community in DFW. It's incredible. And he has this story that I want to read for you today. It's about this homeless man named Brandon. Mitch writes it this way. He says, Brandon was contacted during a first Saturday outreach in June of this year. And during our second visit with him, he was able to open up about his life, his family in Arkansas, his relationships. But as we talked, it became more evident that Brandon was battling some kind of darkness in his life. Brandon stated that he actually was God and began to speak that he would never see any of us again. And let me just interject Mitch's story for just a second. I bet this man was so used to church people coming up to him and shouting at him about Jesus and then only to never be seen again. And that's why I love what Mitch writes in the next sentence of his story. Because of this, we made it our mission to see Brandon as often as we could. A third attempt was made to see Brandon, but unfortunately he wasn't at his tent. And so during a first Saturday in September, God sent us back to Brandon and it became one of the most moving experiences of our lives. As we approached his tent, we saw two other vehicles outside his camp. We exited our vehicle, approached the three people, assuming they were with another church. But in fact, one of the young women that was there stretched out her hand and introduced herself as Brandon's sister. They had been searching for Brandon a number of years with no luck and she mentioned that they were on their way to a church conference south of Dallas and before leaving Arkansas that day, they felt compelled to post a Facebook message asking about Brandon's whereabouts. And so after some time, Mitch is helping this family, they're on a wild goose hunt for for Brandon and and after some time he's found but it's clear that he's still tormented. There's this spiritual battle waging inside of him and then Brandon's brother-in-law, who they met outside the tent, spoke life into him, and with the power of Jesus, commanded transformation in his life. And at that moment, it looked as if Brandon woke up for the first time in a long time. He saw where he was, he was overcome with emotion, and Brandon willingly got into his family's car that day and went to church. God won that day, everybody. Can I just tell you for a second, that because of what Mitch and his team and that family because of what they did a man's eternity has shifted. It's a big deal. It's why we serve. It's why we do what we do. Number 4. Seeds are planted when we serve. This is such a a major one in my life because I'm a really impatient person. <laughs> And it's always frustrating to me when I serve someone or if I invite them to church and and they just shut me down. You know what I'm saying? And and, and you get really frustrated. And it's one one of the issues with serving that people have is that you just don't feel like you're making an immediate difference in someone's life. But come on, seeds are planted when we serve. I know exactly what this is like. When I was a senior in high school, I I had finally decided I was gonna go all in with my relationship with Jesus. I'd had one foot in, one foot out my entire high school career, but something, a flip just switched in me my senior year of high school. And I said, you know what? I wanna see my campus come to know Jesus. And so I'd been a part of FCA, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, all throughout my career. But again, one foot in, one foot out. But luckily, thankfully, I, I was honored with being elected the captain Of FCA my my senior year and it was just me and some friends and we decided you know what? We're gonna see our campus come to know Jesus in a mighty way So we started with 30 kids. We had 30 high school students in a locker room Doing Bible studies and we had a kid with a guitar that I'm sure was terrible (laughs) But we just we just met with God in this locker room every Thursday morning But again, we we weren't satisfied because we knew that God had big plans for our campus. And so we decided, you know what? We're gonna do everything in our power. We're gonna be bold, we're gonna, we're gonna live on purpose, and we're gonna start inviting people into this thing with us. And so we go out as me and a, like five other, 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 excuse me, of my friends, and, and we just start inviting people to FCA. Church, by the time I graduated my senior year, we had gone from 30 people in a locker room to 150 students in a JV basketball gym. It was all thanks to God. It it wasn't anything that we did other than answering the call, the prompting of the Holy Spirit for our school. But there was this one kid, I'll call him Matt. There's this one kid that God just gave me a supernatural burden for. Anybody have anybody in their life like that? God has just placed them on your heart over and over and over again. I had this supernatural burden for Matt He was on my baseball team, and the baseball team was a pretty rowdy crowd. They're good guys, and Matt was a good guy, just kind of lived a wild life. And I remember, we'd be at practice, and we'd be throwing the ball around together. He'd be throwing me BP, and I would invite him to the FCA. Nah, man, I'm good. That's that's not really for me. Okay. Week goes by. Hey, man, you want to come to church with me? Nah, man, I'm good. That's good. Church isn't really for me Next week goes by Hey, do you want to come to FCA with me tomorrow morning? I'm bringing donuts You can sit with me, it'll be fun Nah, I'm good bro, thanks though I invited this man to FCA I invited him to church I invited him to reveal conference I invited him to summer camps Everything I knew how to do I did for this man I was on my knees in prayer for this guy praying daily that the Lord would use me to influence Matt to shift his eternity. But I graduated high school and Matt had attended a religious gathering with me a total of zero times. I graduated high school not knowing where Matt would spend eternity. And it really frustrated me. And and, and I was frustrated with God for a time in my life because his name would just pop up with me in my spirit randomly. And And i used just be like, God, why, why didn't you do anything? But a seed was planted because literally 10 years later, I get a text, a Facebook message from Matt. And this is what it said. Hey, Mikey, I hope you're doing well. First of all, I just wanna say that I'm sorry I was wrong. I've been terribly wrong my entire life. If you remember, I've been a person more interested in science than religion. It might sound crazy, but God has shown me all the proof that I need to confirm that he is real, that Jesus is real, that the Bible is real. And to make a long story short, I wanted to ask for your forgiveness and see if you could baptize me. I've been so wrong for so long, but everything has become clear to me this past year. I'd love to meet up with you if you're okay with that. Signed, Matt. Church, I waited 10 years for that seed to flourish. And I just feel so overwhelmed, overwhelmed for for the people in this place. I just feel like God is speaking to me to tell you today that that person that you've been praying for over and over and over again in your life, keep praying, keep praying. Parents, that kid that's far from God, siblings, that that brother or sister that you've begged and pleaded to come to church with you, keep asking them, keep praying for them, keep inviting them because every time you do, a seed is planted and God is working on your behalf. And finally, number five, most importantly, lives are changed for God's glory when we serve. Your life, my life, their life, lives will be changed on Saturday when we serve, because you never know what God is up to. We never underestimate a serve done in the name of Jesus, no matter how big, no matter how small, because when Jesus is involved, come on somebody, lives are changed, amen? Ivan and Nancy DeLeon are on our team as coaches. They're the missions and outreach coaches here at HC. A lot of you guys know them, they're amazing. And uh, every first Saturday, they lead a team of people that hand out food boxes to the community. They, They look just like this. I thought it was really cool. I didn't know this, that they did this, but on the top it says, Jesus loves you and cares about you and so does Heartland Church, isn't that sweet? And you might look at this box and you say, Mikey, it just looks like an ordinary box. And oh, you would be wrong. Because inside of this box, everybody, our Ghirardelli chocolate caramel turtle brownie mix, come on now. That's heaven in a box right there. We've got stuff like this. We've got got potatoes. We've got rice. We've got uh, uh, cookies. We've got chips. We've got soup. We've got ramen. We've got spices. I mean... We've got some incredible things in here. And to you and me, that box might just represent a grocery list. But can I tell you that to somebody, that box represents a miracle. That to somebody, this box represents hope. To somebody, this box is an answer to their prayers. The team told me about this incredible outreach event that they did at R.L. Turner High School. It was a food outreach, a food distribution Uh, at R.L. Turner High School in Carrollton. And it was was amazing. They handed out box after box after box of food. And and they said that there was this one lady. Her name was Maria. Maria came through the line, and, and they could just tell that there was something going on with Maria. Come to find out that she had just lost one of her family members. She was in tragedy. She was broken. She was hurting. Didn't know where next month's food was gonna come from. This was a miracle for Maria. She was so overwhelmed with gratitude, so thankful. And she was like, you know, I just, I don't know where next month's food is gonna come from. And in their diligence, our team invited her. They said, guess what? We do this every first Saturday of the month. Come visit us at Heartland Church. And Maria, that very next first Saturday, came to Heartland Church. But she didn't just get food. Because when Maria came to church that day, while our team was packing her box, one of our encouragers sat down with her, prayed the prayer of salvation, and Maria gave her life to Jesus that day. Church, it doesn't matter how gifted you are. It doesn't matter how much money you make doesn't matter what career you're in God has called you to make a difference in this earth God has called you to be a light for your community a beacon in the night it doesn't take giftedness everybody all it takes is boldness and a box of brownies Would you stand with me all over the room today? As a pastor in this house, I wanna tell you that you are called and that you are chosen for such a time as this. That you are called to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. That the harvest out there is plentiful but the workers are few. We will have a kingdom impact no matter what this coming Saturday, but I want you to know that we will have a bigger impact if you're there. I want you to know that we're gonna reach people this Saturday for Jesus, but we'll reach more people if you're there. I know we all have busy lives, we got busy Saturdays, we've got kids and all this other kind of stuff. I realize that, but can I just tell you how important a serve day like this Saturday is? There's people all over our church leading different kinds of of outreach projects. What I want you to do today, church, is I want you to go out into the lobby and find somebody that's wearing a shirt just like this. Says serve team on the back. They're gonna help you get signed up for a project. Hey, come out, hang out with me, everyone. I would love that. I'm co-leading an outreach event with one of our students, Noah Overton. We're going to a skate park that's right next to a dog park. Come on, how many of y'all know dogs need Jesus too? All right. But we're going to a dog park and a skate park just to hand out bottles of water to people and talk to them about the Lord. We gotta do this, everybody. We gotta make heaven more crowded, everybody. Are y'all with me? So that's your homework today. So you're supposed to leave this place, you're supposed to go out into the lobby and find somebody with a shirt just like this. You can text Serve to 81411. You can go to the slash serve. Our team has made it so easy, all right? Find a project that works for you. And you know what? If you've got a project in your community that you know about, hey, lead it. Lead the project. Grab two or three of your buddies and go lead that project. It's what we're called to do, amen? Well, I'm gonna pray for you here in just a moment and you will be dismissed at that time. And I just wanna say thank you so much for giving all that you do. There are serve projects that are gonna be done this week that wouldn't have been able to happen without your generosity. And we're so thankful for you, church. You're an incredible church, a giving church. And if you wanna continue to support that mission and vision of HC, you can do so by visiting theheartlandchurch.com slash give or or giving your gift in the boxes as you leave these hallways on your way out. It's gonna be a great day. Eternities are gonna be shifted on Saturday. Y'all believe that with me? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, We just love you so much. We're believing for great things this coming Saturday. God, we know that you are a big God who can do big things. And we are so expectant for the stories that are going to come out of this Saturday. We are so expectant for the eternities that are going to be shifted this Saturday, God. Lord, give us this, this, this heart of servanthood in Jesus' name. God, we love you. We worship you. We do it all with you at the center let us be your hands and your feet and it's in jesus name we pray and everybody said amen amen and amen come on team let's worship together